Welcome to the Three Thirds Bank One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 41, uh, and we all have Euro fever. I am joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Very well, very well. I've enjoyed the fact that the sun's come out in the last week or so. Topping up my tan, the Euros are about to start. Life is good, mate. It's been nice, hasn't it? Lovely, lovely Manchester. You can't beat Manchester in the sun, can you? You can't. Great city on earth. Few places are better. But yeah, it's been. It's, yeah, I've been doing the same thing, just steadily drinking. Tell you what, tell you what I would say. I mean, you mentioned the drinking. I would say that the conditions are, are too hot to walk from Presswich into town, I would say. I don't know how you two would feel. There need to be more off-licences, I think. Yeah. More yeah. Just, stops. Just for shelter. In hindsight, I think that, was, that, that is a, it's a spring-autumn type of walk, that, isn't it? <laughs> Just walking from one end of Stevenson Square to the other was bad on Friday, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I tell you yeah, what, so- I had forgot. I went out Friday into Manchester. It's expensive, isn't it? <laughs> like it, that was the first time it properly hit me. Like it costs a lot of money to get drunk in Manchester, doesn't it? I feel like they snuck the they snuck the prices up while everybody's been. Well, I tell you what, this when you go into Northern Quarter in Stevenson Square, you have, wherever you sit down, you have to download this app like the Northern Quarter app, and then basically you pick your bar, someone brings it out to you. Oh, that's quite good. So it's almost yeah. like a... So you, yeah, so it's just like a big, massive communal seating. You sign in one area, you sit down, but then you can order from any any bar, it doesn't matter. Um, but like a lot of the places, like they're going, they put like the name and like draft beers, you have like uh, Prava, they have what else, like the... Um, and they had like three pounds. I'm thinking, bloody hell, that's that's cheap. So you think oh, I'll have one of them. Want to make it a pint? That's going to be three pound fifty <laughs> extra. <laughs> oh, classic! Reel you in, don't they? And then steal with all half, your money with it with the half pint prices. Yeah. Want to make it a pint? No, I came out for all these half pints that I'm going to drink tonight. <laughs> Well, I had quite the opposite experience because I, on Friday, I went out in Rochdale and I, and I thought, God, this place oh, is cheap. Oh, wow. <laughs> a round, which was three pints. I was I had beer Moretti. A mate was on Doom Bar. Another mate was on Foster's. Three pounds, three pints, six pounds seventy. Wow. Six pounds seventy? Yeah. On a Friday oh, yeah. night? Friday night, centre of Rochdale, this old man pub. I I was the youngest person. It was a bit, it was a bit like going out with you two actually. <laughs> so we we were the youngest people there by by a distance, but it was mind blowing. See, yeah, that's like it's probably cheaper than getting drunk at home, isn't it? Well, sort of, I'm surely Ross, you paid six pound seventy for a pint on Friday. You could have had three in Rochdale. <laughs> It might have been cheaper well, to get. It, it might have been cheaper to get the tram to Rochdale, buy a pint in Rochdale, and get it back again. <laughs> Probably well, yeah. enough, to be honest. Well, and the, 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 the waiting time really would have been similar as well. Oh, no, the waiting time was a long time. Actually, I was waiting for age. Poor. You know what? I complain about the service at that price, do you? But the service I felt was poor. Well, there we go. Not, they're not paying any wages. That's why. 
<laughs> two pounds, uh, two pound a pie. That's incredible. How can they make money? Well, clearly, how much money they're making in town? That's what you want. That's what you want to ask. <laughs> well, hey. I tell you what, in, in Stevenson Square, in Stevenson Square, what made me laugh? Like they put all the tables out. They just used. Like obviously it's all pedestrianised. So they just use the bus stops as the bus stop benches and just put tables in there. <laughs> no. That's a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, especially if it rains. Well, yeah, you've got a nice little shelter. Everyone else is screwed, but well, it's amazing that. Go, go on. on. Oh, I was just like the amount of people that were sat outside and queuing up, and the woman would be like, "You'd it's checking in most people be yeah," and we were already sat down. They go. Loads of seats inside. I'm like, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> not come out. <laughs> Thirty degree weather to sit inside in a dark room. I don't know. If I've said it on the podcast before, but I, I'm a big fan of the pedestrianised Northern Quarter. I well, we had loads, the... loads better when they just put all those uh, the tables out on the on the street. I think it should be like a six month thing. Like between yeah, like March and September, because yeah. then when it gets to November, not going to happen unless they spend a load of money on like a massive canopy or something. But it's a nightmare to drive through. You act sort of, you sort of, you accidentally miss a turn and then you end up driving through that, up that northern quarter street. Oh yeah, you're like, oh god, this is a disaster, isn't it? And, and, and people, like when you know those people kind of walking out in front of you from everywhere. Yeah, especially especially when you've had a few, like, if you had a few evenings. It's like, and you're trying to not walk down that road where there's clearly a taxi trying to come one way and then a van trying to go the other, and you're like, oh, don't need this. I, I think I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been to town since they've done that. But I think the last time I remember it was pedestrianised for some strange reason was the Queen's Jubilee, and I'm just I want to say it was into when it was 2012 or 2010, well, whatever that was. Well, she's got another one next year because we're, we're all having a bank holiday for it. So yeah. whatever, whatever is after a Jubilee is next year. So it must have been five years ago. Well, four years ago, I guess. But they had a massive, they had a massive garden. They had a ma- massive, like it was, uh, well, I say garden party, but they had a massive street party. There was bent, there was like one massive long table that went all the way down that road, and you could, and there was it's absolutely. I've never seen it all. I've seen it all the quite busy, but I'd never seen it that busy before. There was just people everywhere. But anyway, um, well, Friday. Tell you what will annoy you, cheesy. Go on. So I remember working with Ross in a school when there was some kind of special bank holiday because it was like some queen, I don't know what it was, some anniversary or birthday, some note or relevance. And there was an extra bank holiday given. Well, that bank holiday just fell fell inside of school holidays. So <laughs> everyone at Northridge, I remember it, it, it get mentioned in the morning meeting quite regularly. The Well, are we going to get an extra day all day? As if cheesy, cheesy, as if they don't have enough holidays already. <laughs> Can't be missing out on the extra one. God forbid they only have 12 weeks holiday this year, yeah. I'm just waiting for the announcement of when the next year's is, and then I'll... <laughs> oh, Ross will be straight. Oh, he won't be able to do the podcast next week. He'll be speaking to his union, making sure. Oh, I'll be striking. <laughs> Well, it it was a complete. It was a um, normally when they send like the when the papers do these like oh if you want if you want to, if you want fifteen days of a Christmas but only want to use two days holiday then this is what you need to do. And I remember reading that for the first time, thinking I was like, but Boxing Day is on a Saturday. Why why do you then get the bank holiday on the Monday, the Monday after? I was like, the Boxing Day is on the Saturday. That's when we have our bank holiday in retail. <laughs> like, we, don't, we don't get to shoe on it down to the Monday just because everybody else work goes to work on a Monday. 
was like, this is crazy. So you're saying I'm not getting my days off for Christmas and Boxing Day as well? <laughs> well, <laughs> you need to study. That. You need to study that calendar off. That's all I'm saying. That's a part. I, now you point out. I didn't realise it's. <laughs> I thought I didn't realise the two weeks I got off didn't include them extra two days for the boxing. No, day, but... Absolutely not. It'll be the Wednesday after Christmas when you go back next year, won't <laughs> it? Be March. I mean, Ross is going to be campaigning for an election every year, so he gets one th- he gets a Thursday <laughs> off. Hey, I've been working in schools now for nearly nearly twelve years, so that's twelve years worth of bank holidays I've got to, yeah. got to get back. So, yeah. Well, how was your week, Cheesy, anyway? Um, it was very nice. Um, so I was, I was off work from um, from the Sunday, so I had to work Saturday. Um, and then we had a nice little trip to a place called Kilnsey, um, which, believe it or not, we found when we were lost. Um, so when the last lockdown um, was about to end um, and when we could go out for, I think, two weeks before I ended up going back to work, we wanted to go. We were going to go to North Yorkshire. We were going to drive to Bolton Abbey uh, and have a scooch around there. Everybody said it was really nice. The weather was really nice. So we were drove and we got there and they said, you need to book the day before. So we were like, didn't book the day before. Stuck in the middle of North Yorkshire. Um, didn't think about needing enough petrol to get back again. So we then had the trek to try and find um, some petrol. So we, anyway, we managed to find this petrol station about 15 miles down the road or wherever it was. And then as we were turning around to come home, we just stumbled upon this little lake, uh, this little car park where you could park on the grass, ice cream van, you could have a paddle in the in the pond and throw stones in the river and, uh, and whatnot. So we went back there this year because uh, we managed to find lo- the location from when we took the pictures uh, last year. And we had a nice day out there before we went to Bristol for the, uh, the weekend. So we've had a lovely old, lovely old week off. Is this going to be like a... Yearly tradition now. I, I, do you know what? I really think it will. I did say to I did say to Ashley when we left this time, I was like, we should do this every year. Because we the same photo in the same spot. Well, oh, we didn't do that. Oh, um, you missed the trick. Didn't I, you? Yeah, I missed. I missed out there. Um, but when we went last time, there was there's just a sign on. It's like it's, it's almost like a, a a gate that just says like car park three pound, and you literally it's just a road and people just parked on the grass. So it was like. There was nobody here, but when we got there this time, there was a lady there asking for me three pounds as soon as I got in the door. So I'm assuming that she wasn't there last time. Um, but I did pay an extortionate amount of money for an ice cream, um, which I wasn't particularly happy about. But um, I suppose it's supply and demand. When you're in the middle of a field and, and somebody's offering your ice cream, they can charge as much as they want, really, can't they? So, was it was it good ice cream? Yeah, it was amazing ice cream. It was too much. It was almost too much. If there is a thing as too much ice cream. Um, because Esme and we, what I thought was a big size that the um, that the family in front had ordered turned out to be the small size. So I went, I'll have the large uh, mint choc chip, please. Um, and then we got the kids like small one, and it was absolutely massive. I've never seen so much ice cream on a child's uh, ice cream cone before. And was, was it melting at a faster rate than they were eating it? And that's yeah. the, the classic child problem, isn't it, with ice cream? About five minutes in, es- Esme was getting tired from and kept licking the thing and she and she licked it so hard that it fell off and into the grass so I had to scoop a whole lot of ice cream up try to make sure to get the get the grass off well tell you what look, look, look it was mint choc chip 
Well, there you go. You can never tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have been exposed with vanilla, wouldn't you? And the bottom, the, bo- the bottom lip was going. She looked at me, and then we put it back on the cone. It was like nothing had happened. <laughs> so yeah, so it was, so it was really nice. But it did, co- it did cost us fourteen pounds for four ice creams. You could so have two my... rounds in that Rochdale. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been six pints deep. I could have been in that field on my own. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I that had almost, that had almost get. That'd almost get you three pints in the Northern Quarter as well. Right. What are Esme's views on Doombar? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where you, you could go on a family trip next. If you, if you, if you stick a cornet on it, Simon, then she'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> Just scrape any grass off before I mean, you're done. <laughs> But I don't know. I don't know because normally that's normally like the first thing that we. Well, I think we like the kids just had like a ninety nine, but it just ended up being this massive amount of ice cream in this cone. I was thinking these kids are not going to eat this ice cream. Why have you given me this much ice cream? And then when she said fourteen pounds, I nearly went. I nearly took it out of my mouth, put it back on the corner, <laughs> and passed it back to her. I was like, I've never, in it, never in all my life have I ever paid fourteen pounds for ice cream. I mean, did you pay on card? Yes, look at that. She actually, yeah. she, she knew what she was doing. Yeah, oh yeah. I remember buying ice cream in Heaton Park last year, and um, my friend, my friend's daughter was there, and she's like two. And I was like, "Oh, do you think she'll want an ice?" So I, I just generously offered to buy an ice cream for her, thinking that I was a nice guy. And then hey, the price comes up, and you're like, "And it, they just offer you a card machine." You're like, "If you're paying for ice cream on card, <laughs> ice cream is too expensive." <laughs> Well, so I it would cover a round of ice creams, in my opinion. Well, it's normally one of it's normally one of them things, isn't it? Where, you, like, the profit on margin on ice cream used to go up massively because obviously when they had, when they used to have, when they would pay by cash, if it was fourteen quid, or I've only got I've only got twenty quid, or I haven't got any change, I've only got notes, I can only give you five. So they'd be scooching up an extra pound off you. They'd be t- taking it. Yeah. Up so it's and, like, uh, and let's let's have it right, lads. I, I, I'm not afraid to take on big, big ice cream and say and call it out here. When it well, was all in cash, I don't think these ice cream vans were declaring everything. I'm prepared to say it. <laughs> so you say we shouldn't be focusing on taxing the big global <laughs> companies like Amazon and Google. We should be we should be going after the ice cream men of the country. <laughs> yeah. How come in your overhead you bought a hundred plates, <laughs> but you're only telling me you've sold? 20 ice creams. Come on, lads. We're not having any of it anymore. I didn't know Jeff Bezos was the good guy in all this, but... <laughs> I'm taking on Big Whippy. <laughs> the famous ice cream tax of 2022. <laughs> and I bet they've not played... I bet they've not paid any royalties on the Match of the Day theme tune that they play every single time. <laughs> Simon's just said the NHS. <laughs> And does does Rishi Sunak come to me for advice? Never. No. <laughs> Bastards. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a picket outside the next <laughs> ice cream van that comes down. Get out there with my signs. Get the he kids. Needs a, he, he needs another slogan, something like "ice up" or "pay out" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's get on to some sport before. Oh, yeah, we'll do some sport as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just tax advice on this show. But... <laughs> Don't become an ice cream man. 
uh, all women. Um, right, okay, so we will start uh, with all things Euros. So we may go off on a bit of a tangent with this, but we will, of course, discuss England and we will go through um, a little bit of England's groups and we might even um, have a gentle discussion about what our um, what we think the, the starting lineup should be for Croatia um, on um, Sunday. So we'll start with that. Uh, and then we will see where the Euro talk um, will take us. So we will be back um, after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mark One Third Scouse podcast. And we are going to start with all things England. So the, the squad has been finalised. The final 26, um, Trent's injury uh, has obviously meant a call up for Ben White. Um, Sammy, do you think it was a bit strange that we're still going with um, 10 defenders? Um, well, I thought it was a sign that Harry Maguire is nowhere near fit to play. I think it, you know, the 20, I think the 26-man squad has sort of made it okay to maybe take a chance on Maguire and Henderson. But I've just got a feeling we're going to end up with Harry Maguire in the squad, clearly unavailable to play. I think United might have been... When United were saying he might be available for that uh, Europa League final, I think they were bluffing to try and get Villarreal worried. And, you know, that worked very well, to be fair, because, you know, obviously we won that. But, um, so, yes, I, I just... I've just got this whole feeling Maguire is just nowhere near ready to play. And he suddenly thought, gosh, we need an extra centre-half. I thought Ben White was unlucky not to get into the original squad, actually. Um and I think he's I I rate him above Cody and um, Tyro Mings, so I I was quite pleased with who he picked in the end. What did you two do? You think? Not, do you not think that uh, Ben White was picked based on the performances of Tyrone Mings and some of the other? Well, yeah, thank maybe. God for it because they were they weren't very good in the warm up games. So maybe no, yeah. Southgate thought shit actually. Uh, I need someone who looks half decent. And Ben White played very well in the warm game. So do you think it could have been down to that as opposed to? Well, I yeah, think, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't think it's all I didn't think Godfrey played. I didn't think Godfrey played that bad. But I mean, I think in both games that Mings played, he ended up he ended up making errors in the first. I think he definitely made errors at the beginning of the second game against Romania. But I I, I can't quite remember against Austria. But neither of them looked great, and um, they're they're not they're not the most mobile. Um, Cody doesn't seem to play well um, in a four. Um, so it just didn't. Yeah, it just it just because it's just suddenly become an absolute major problem. Um, but it's a real whirlwind of a of a fortnight for White, isn't it? I mean, he's gone from. I mean, everyone was surprised that he was in the original thirty, whatever it was. He was then didn't make it into the twenty six, and it wouldn't completely surprise me if he ends up starting on Sunday after all. Uh, no, I, yeah, based on the warm-up games, I, I think there were some bad, bad performances, and this was one of the one of the positive things that came out from it. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either if he was actually picked. But you must be, you must be, like you say, you must be counting his lucky stars. He can't believe it. But the other thing is, if like we mentioned, well, we've not mentioned it. We mentioned in the chat if the City and Chelsea players would have been back. From they wouldn't have got to the Champions League final, would have been available to play. Would Ben White have even got on, or would John Stones have started, or like played a different system? So then, if he hadn't been, if he hadn't had that opportunity to play in them games, maybe he wouldn't have got picked at all either. 
Well, there's obviously the injury to Gomez as well. So I know that's not been spoken about a lot, but Gomez would have probably, Gomez would have definitely gone. I'm not saying that after the season that John Stones has had, that Gomez would have definitely started ahead of him or, or Maguire. But you would have thought that if, when Maguire was injured, that it would have just been Gomez and Stones. And now that obviously, now that he's not available as well as Maguire doesn't look like he's available, then it, it's going to be Stone. Uh, it's going to be Stones and one other. So you just have to hope that that obviously they're doing a lot of a lot of training. But to to go into a tournament with somebody who, with a partnership a that's never really played together, um, Johnston has still got a mistake in him um, as he as he proved I think for England in in March when he, I think he made a when he made a mistake in one of the internationals there. And he's going to play again alongside somebody who he's never played with at international level before. <coughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if, without Maguire, um, <coughs> Southgate goes to, goes to three at the back. Actually, I think he might. I think he might sort of uh, be a bit nervous about any any combination of any two combination of those people available. I don't. I don't think we'll fill in with confidence, and I, it wouldn't amaze me at all if he if he went to to three at the back, which is a system he sort of quite likes playing anyway. Do you think he'll risk playing Walker then and play White? Does White yeah. play in the centre of yeah. three? And then... Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I think he would then play one of those right backs um, at centre half and, and another one, obviously, in that right wing back. Because I think Reese James sometimes plays at the back in a three for Chelsea, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know if he trusts. I don't. I was. I thought he doesn't really make it. Whether you played James there and Walker as the right back or whether you played Walker as the centre back and, and James there. but um, And then obviously, obviously, Ben Chilwell's not played. So. You'd almost think that the, the the back four will have never played an England international together, or even in a partnership before, or even if it's a back five before we even play before we play Croatia, which is probably in effect our toughest group, our toughest group game. Right. Yeah, but then I reckon, like, yeah, I mean that is, yeah, yeah, it is a bit of a worry. But then I reckon, like the fact that what they got, they've not had any travel times, like to getting used to. Like a new country staying or any kind yeah. of acclimatization to that, they're all at St. What's it called, St. George's Park, which they've been there before. They know exactly what the routine is. They'll probably there's be less of the faff of getting into training and stuff and doing all that kind of things. You know the facilities. They know exactly what they're doing. So I imagine there'll be a lot of work on the training ground going into what's going on. So I, just, I, I, I think some degree there is a worry, but I, I'd be more worried if it was a broad, like if it was a. A proper, not not it's not a proper tournament, but a proper one where we had to go away. But yeah, I, sp- I suppose the other thing you've got to look at is as well as well with all this is, yeah, we had eleven players missing. We had eleven players missing because they just got to the Champions League final. Like, yeah. so we're, we're not like they've not been injured. And just, we haven't got eleven players coming back, or they've gone to play a friendly in um, like South America or something like that. They've just there was eleven players that just won the Champions League final. So it's obviously going to make the team better. Um, so it's just, but obviously you would just prefer them to have played. I mean, I mean, we'll we'll touch on the games in a little bit, but I mean, the Romania game was just, it was just, it was just a tough watch. Um, it was, and, and I think anybody that played well. So we're talking about Ben White, um, James Ward-Prowse, who I thought was unlucky not to get that last spot because the Trent's injury played really well, um, and Jude Bellingham, who I thought, who for a seventeen-year-old looks like an absolute unit. Um, has probably benefited the most out of these games because um, he he made an impact in, um, in 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 the games that he's played. So just not it just wasn't it wasn't ideal. But obviously, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. But then a lot of it, yeah, like you said, there's, there's pros and cons, isn't there? Like you said, Simon, like 
the benefit of what what we're going to learn from playing Harry Kane through two two dead rubbers that we don't need to do that you could potentially get injured in. Whereas opposed to we've allowed like some like Jesse Lingard played, Jay Hall Prowse has played. Some players have played quite a lot of football for us that aren't actually going to the tournament, so I could have put their all into it. Whereas the ones that are going to the tournament and having to play in these games, which Trent will probably tell you, the last thing anyone wants to do is play in a crappy warm-up game and then get injured and then that ruins the whole chances of going to the Euros at all. So there is an element of no one actually wants to play in these games and do anything anyway. So I think you've got to take the positives that we've, we've had a lot of our... like The positives are that we've had a lot of our what you could class as more likely than not to start players that haven't been available, but they've had the extra, they've had the rest, and they've had the and time to recuperate. Uh, and we've learnt where Jordan Henderson should be in the pecking order for penalties. <laughs> we have learnt that, yeah. And not to listen to a single word he says. I don't uh, I don't believe he should have took that penalty off Carver. I was I just I felt when he took the penalty, I was like, why is he why is he taking the penalty? And it, I get dead rubber, it doesn't really make a difference whether we whether we win the game or not, it doesn't really make any difference. But I thought Cavaloon's won the penalty arm, but I would assume that he would have been further up the pecking order than Henderson for a guy who's played 50 caps for England and not scored so, a goal. So Henderson does sometimes... Where, where, where would he be in Liverpool's pecking order for penalties? He would he would sometimes take them, wouldn't he? Um, no, no I, th- I, I, I think Milner's the main penalty taker for Liverpool when he's on the pitch but obviously he's not on the pitch as much anymore so then Salah takes them I'm trying to think who else has taken a penalty or who's taken a penalty in a shootout um, Fabinho used to take penalties for Monaco oh yeah he did yeah um, and I'm sure that um, that probably Trent maybe would be probably ahead of Henderson I wouldn't have thought that Henderson was very high if it was a five if somebody wanted to take five penalties then I would imagine Henderson might be in there but not he wouldn't necessarily be guaranteed at taking a penalty. What do we Henderson, make? He must have taken a penalty in that um Columbia shootout, wouldn't he? He oh, missed. missed. Oh, did yeah, he? <laughs> what do we make of his comments afterwards where he said he's missed more important penalties? Well he had because he missed him he missed it. he was the one that missed Yeah, no, him. but yeah. sure the chat any chance to score for your country. <laughs> like it's well, yeah, that's why that but I think that was the whole point. Like he wasn't I, I think if if that had been if that had been of the final, or it would have been a group game. I think that I don't think he would have gone to Carvalhoon and said, "Give me the ball." Like they must have, they would have agreed like who was going to take the penalties in the dressing room before, obviously before. Yeah, obviously it, they was, went out. it was it was Rashford and someone else who was off, so there was no third choice penalty taker. Well, I think it would have been. Was it not Carvalhoon takes them for Everton? No, if you listen to Southgate's post-match interview, he said it was Rashford and someone else, and. He's going to have a word with Anderson when he gets Cause it, when he gets cause back. I, well, because I thought because he said he pulled rank because I thought he'd gone. I thought it was Calvert Lewin's penalty to, to have, and Anderson went. No, off I think no, I think that's because Calvert Lewin picked up the ball. So Jordan Henderson pulled rank on Lewin oh, to say, right. "No, actually, I want it." Because then Southgate went, "Well, I'm going to have to pull rank when we get back oh, in." I'd not seen. Um, I'd not seen what I knew what Southgate had said, but I didn't see it in the context. I thought that Henderson had physically said, like it was, well, ho- hopefully, hopefully it won't matter, and uh, well, yeah. Kane will be on the pitch and ping him in whenever we whenever <laughs> we need one in the tournament. Do you do you think uh, cheesy that one appearance, his sort of first appearance in whatever three months, will be enough for, to guarantee him a start against Croatia on Sunday? Um, I think it will probably. Um, 
I think he will probably go with a bit of experience, depending on what his back line looks like. Um, I think he will probably start with him over Bellingham. But like I said, Bellingham's played so well in these warm-up games that if he was to start Bellingham, it would be it, it wouldn't really it would I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset that Bellingham started over Henderson. And like I say, one like half a half a match in three months. Um, he's not really ideal. He's not really the ideal preparation for. Um, for the game, but I think Henderson brings a lot to the table. I know that I, you two probably don't agree with that, but um, I don't necessarily think he's as, as bad as everybody says he is. Um, he did win. He did win Player of the Year. Did he not win Player of the Year like last season, or the season before? So um, he isn't that bad of a player. But um, I, I, Bellingham's not far not far off from being a starter for England for the next ten years. I would have thought so. So, so then, what is your starting eleven, Cheesa? Um, I, I mean, when you play an extra defender, you have to take somebody from from the top. So obviously, Kane's going to start. Rice will start. Let's start from the front instead. Um, I will probably say that Henderson will start. Um, Mount will start, and then no. What's got... your starting eleven though? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I would do. So Mount, so Mount would start. So Mount Kane. <sighs> I don't know whether I'd pick Foden because um, I think if you pick Foden, it's either Foden, Sterling, or Rashford. Uh, I'll come back to them in a minute. Um, Stones, um, White, Walker, James, Chilwell, uh, Pickford. Um, I mean, you're doing this in a right random order. <laughs> yeah, I've got a clue what you've done. I've got the other one. Right, so so Pickford in net. Um, White, Stones, Walker, James, Chilwell. So that's back five and goalkeeper. Right. Henderson, Henderson and Rice. And then Mount, Kane. And then it's a toss-up between Rashford, Sterling and Foden. I don't know if he'd start Foden. That's a defensive 11 that you're picking. Well, if we play five at the, if we play five, I don't know who else is going, to, who else is going to play. Well, five at the back and then two holding midfielders. I don't necessarily know if classic. Henderson. Well, if he's be a holding midfielder, it'd be Henderson or Rice, wouldn't it? He's not playing two holding midfielders. I don't think Bellingham starts on Sunday. What's your signing? I don't, but yours, I think yours is I, too I, much I, hard work to get your head around, cheesy. To be honest, and that would probably quite close to to what Southgate will do. I, I, I my, I just think Southgate will refer. Um, Defer to three at the back on uh, on Sunday. I do you know? I I don't think Croatia are that good anymore. I think they've all got old. Uh, so I think I would go. I go back to four two three one. Um, I go uh, personally. I go with Dean Anderson. I mean, it's not going to happen because he didn't even. <laughs> it seems Dean Anderson has now fallen behind Sam Johnson in the. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, personally, I go Dean Anderson. I'd have. Uh, Walker right back. I thought I'd have any of those right backs. Stones, White, I think Chilwell was really good in that Europa League, in Champions League final. So I think I'd give him the nod ahead of uh, Luke Shaw. Then I'd go Henderson and Declan Rice alongside Mount, Kane up front, Foden, Jaden Sancho. Grealish, I'm going to keep Grealish oh, on the bench. That's, I, didn't, I, I didn't even think about Grealish. Wow, me. 
What are you, what are you doing, Ross? Well, what what would I what I would do? I'm yeah. I'm going Henderson in net, even though, like you say, chances that happening are slim. Uh, can never pick Kyle Walker. That's just a fact, isn't it? So I'd go left back. I'd go chill. I would probably go chill. Well, then I'd go. Uh, I mean, I can't pick Maguire, can I? Even though <laughs> no, I do. If he's, no, I can't pick Maguire because he's not going to play. I'd go Stones and Stones and White, and then at right back, I'd go Reese James, and then uh, I would go. I'd go Declan Rice and uh, Declan Rice and Mason Mount as a two. And then I'd go Grealish, uh, Sancho and Foden behind Kane. There you go. Wow. So you both play Mount in a two, even though he isn't playing a two for Chelsea? No, I wouldn't. I, I'd play... I, w- I was going to play Rice and Henderson and, and I'd have uh, sort of Mount in that 10 role. Oh, right. I think that's the problem. We've got a lot, we've got a lot of right-backs and loads of players that can play in a 10. But yeah, but also, I mean, so I suppose what comes across in you know, our three selections being very different is lots of options. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, I think like you, Simon, like, yeah, Croatia. When we got beat of Croatia, what, two or three years ago, they were an aging squad then, weren't they? Oh, yeah, now, Renio, no Rakitic, no Mandzukic. Yeah, and like, as far as I'm aware, there are no massive Croatian hot, like, up and coming talents that, that are taking Europe by storm or I'm not aware of. So I can't see them being, like, I can see them being a tough game, but. I think we should be pretty confident in the fact that we should have enough. Like, I just think the thing now is, I know we've got so many bloody defenders and we could have a load of holding midfielders like with Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice and John. Like, we could do that. But I just think it's not time, like, just to go, sod it. Maguire's not playing. We're not the strongest at the back. Let's just try and get everyone firing. And then, like you say, you, you bring, you've got Rashford and Sterling to bring on. Pace that offers him behind. Yeah, but I mean, I'd be, very tempt- I'd be very tempted to put Jude Bellingham in the starting 11, to be honest. But I don't I, think you can leave Mount out, and I don't think you can leave Grealish out. I don't so think broadly, broadly speaking, I think our approach should be look, teams should be scared of us. We've got loads of really good players. I just I don't think that is Gareth Southgate's approach to things. I think Southgate is a sort of instinctively quite a cautious manager. Well, the other that well, the other thing that has, has struck me uh, that we since like the last few months and stuff we've been building up to this, and we keep talking about obviously the the Portugals and the Germanys and the Frances as well. Who will, who will, who will probably have more of the ball than us. But we've got we've probably got the the most amount of skillful technical players that we've ever ever had in the England team. So why wouldn't why I don't understand why we wouldn't dominate possession. That's the bit that I don't I don't, I don't understand for how yeah, we yeah. Don't dominate possession. I I just think he I just think he. With the the build up that we've had, I don't think he'll. I don't think uh, he'll want to lose that first game. No, that is that's very why, true. And why, also, just like, the, the way the 
Euros work because because it's like tw- the first ra- for that group stage just gets you from twenty four teams down to sixteen, doesn't it? Yeah, because a, a lot a bunch of third places get through, don't they? So it's one of them where actually, I mean, if you a get draw. a draw, a draw in your first game pretty much gets you through to the next round. Like it's sort of you can get you get through to the next round with possibly even one win. It's sort of it's you know the, the kind of the structure of the tournament rewards you for not going all out for wins and instead just playing it safe. Yeah, and grab, the, grab a draw again in the tough game. Assume you'll get a win against either Croatia or Scotland, uh, Czech Republic or Scotland. But I, the, the, I, I'm with you. Like I, I'd love to think that he's going to play. He's going to play a four, then a two, and then and then we just take the game to whoever it is that we're going to play. But if, if that does ultimately backfire, and we then have to go and play Scotland and get a win, we're then we're then in our in our local derby. Having to get, having to go and, and get a win, and, and Scotland aren't. Um, Scotland are a much better team than they were two or three years ago. But on paper, we should beat, we should beat any Scotland side. But it yeah, but doesn't I, work. I also think, from a mentality point of view, it's just a real moment to make. Like, obviously, Croatia beat us in that semi-final. Imagine you went out and played a really attacking team and won three, four nil. What a statement that sends out to like the rest of the actual yeah. tournament and go. You know what? We're here and we mean business, actually. Because, like the, you say, our, our passage through the tournament isn't going to be plain sailing after after this. And the thing but, is, Ross, as well, I could see us. I could we 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 could turn up on Sunday, play that well, and that could that could quite easily happen. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, just and I also think it's much harder to to go from being attacking. Like, it's it's easier to go from men. Like mentality starting off attacking to being defending than it is to go from being defensive to suddenly having to attack. So, um, when you're trying to get a goal, so I don't know, but we'll see what we it'd be interesting anyway. But I, I think that's like you say, the most exciting thing, Jesus, the fact that there's just lots and lots of options, isn't there? We're not relying on an 18 year old Wayne Rooney to do yeah. the whole thing for us, we're not relying on one, one kid, or we're not relying on a Michael Owen to see us through something. It's more of a it's more of a big squad kind of feel than it has that it probably has ever been. So, I mean, you think about when if um, if Grealish and Mount and Foden like play together on the pitch and and actually and actually have a really good game, you just think like what what could they actually create for Kane and and with a, obviously with the fullbacks bombing uh, bombing on as well, like just be just be like watching England with those with those three like just creative players. My only worry is that we we're, we're creating. Are we only creating for one? Are we only creating for Kane? That's my only. That's my only worry. I know the rest of them. I like, but at least Rashford can score, and I mean, not so much. And Rashford and Sterling have obviously got. I've got um, goals for England before, but not not too many in in the, in the league and in the in the build up to this tournament. But I don't know whether you just want Grealish and Mount and Kane. I know Mount's obviously scored goals um, for Chelsea this season, but you just want somebody else to stick the ball in the net. I, I really love watching Grealish. He's just got so. Like he just like he always wants the ball and he yeah. like and he always wants to make something happen. He like he never just like it's never just like a, a sideways pass from him, is it? He's like, he just always wants to run at people or just trying to make stuff happen. He just sort of you get a real sense of excitement when he's on the ball. Incredibly I'm worthy. Fla- I'm getting flashbacks to sitting here twelve months ago saying <laughs> I, I, look, I'm incredibly worried that he's going to sit here. Do you think surely he just wouldn't work for Pep? I just feel he's so He's not just—he's just not someone who fits into a, t- a tactical. 
I think if he's got Foden, I, mean, he, I don't know why he'd go for Grealish as well. I suppose it'd, be, it'd be an upgrade on uh, Mares, wouldn't he? But I mean, sitting in the I really like him at Villa. Like, I like it when shit teams have one good player. I really yeah. like him at Villa. Could he be the new Matt Letizia and just stay there forever <laughs> yeah. and ever and ever? That'd suit me. Yeah. Well, I, so aside from England, Simon, who else are you? Uh, who who are you fearful of? Who are you looking forward to watching? I mean, I, I, think, I think the team. I think the team to beat is France. You know, world champions, really strong starting a lineup. You know, quality all over the pitch. They've added Benzema, who's sort of been in the in the cold international in international football for a few years. You know, they've got Mbappe, Pogba, Kante, really good defence. So I, I think France are probably favourites for me. And then, you know, I think all the other big teams are the are kind of the ones to watch. Your Italy's, your Belgium's, you know, Portugal. Could could Ronaldo do it once again? Bruno, you know, I don't think Germany are very good. I don't think Spain are very good, but you, know, you should, I wouldn't rule them out. But what do you guys think? I'm the only team I would say I'm kind of. I mean, this sounds like I'm going like full England's football's coming home, kind of. But I, I genuinely think football's coming home, man. Don't worry about that. I genuinely think that there's only really France to worry about, and mainly because they are they they. Similar to like, I know other teams done it apart from Spain, where won the World Cup, then won the Euros, and then I just think they're the only team that really worry me. Like I said, I'm not Germany. Seem to have fell off they've, a little bit. Spain, they've all got all together. Germany, haven't they? Yeah, and Spain definitely have. Portugal. I, I think there's a lot of teams with like a lot of standout players, like big name players that play across, like in big teams across. But then I don't think they've actually. I think lots of teams... I think one of the big things for this tournament, I think, will be the fact that everyone's just knackered. Mm. And if you haven't got... If, if you haven't got... Like Portugal, for instance, if you haven't got a replacement for Ronaldo or for Bruno Fernandes, you're screwed, really. I, I, so I, I think it's going to be a real squad kind of tournament and not just you can rest your players in the third game, third game in the group and then you, you're good to go again. I think you're going to have to keep rotating all the way through the through the thing. So... I'm only really worried about France. I'm not even too worried about Belgium, to be honest, even though they're well, normally Belgium, considered. Belgium, I mean, Belgium's, Belgium's, back, Belgium's back line is Toby Alderweireld, who's still playing international football. Jason Denier, who didn't make it at City. and Didn't um, make it at Sunderland. Well, exactly. I think he went to Celtic as well, and he didn't even make it up there. And I think there's, I think there's, another, I think there's somebody else. I think Nasser Chadley's still playing for Belgium. They've got Dedrick so, Boyata, I mean, Jan Vertonghen. Yeah. <laughs> they're reliant. I mean, they're they're reliant on Hazard, Lukaku, and De Bruyne. Is oh, I, I mean, mean like, well, I mean, the, I mean the, so I had written off Belgium, but I mean, there is something about the phrase they're reliant on Hazard, De Bruyne, and Lukaku. It does have me worried. I mean, if you are going to be in a situation where you're you're a three man team, that's quite a good three men to be. Yeah, I mean, they'll be a classic Roberto Martinez team, won't they? It's you know, they'll top heavy team. They'll, they'll pass it around really nicely. At some point, it'll be so committed to this is the way we play that they'll be 3-0 up and then lose 4-3 somehow, get knocked yeah. out. 
I mean, what you said before, Ross, about when you mentioned Fernandez, when you mentioned Fernandez in Portugal, I mean, it's also for Fernandez to knock us out of the Euros. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> well, well they, that is, that is the group of death. The, the famous group of death. I want to with Ronaldo. So Portugal, France, Germany, Hungary is Group F. But they can all get out of the group, though, can't they? Because it, oh, yeah. Good point. Third. oh, yeah. They all just tonk Hungary 10 nil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and draw and just play that the rest of the squad for the other games, then they'll all get through. But I think we, um, we're at, what, it, it, so we need to win the group, I think, don't we? If we so, win, we get runners up from the group of death, don't we? No, if we look oh, at no, Wembley. Oh, oh so yeah. The, the, the thing about winning the group is we play if we win the group, then our route to the final is basically we play at Wembley all the all the way apart from one game in Dublin, which is you know close enough in it. Um, whereas, and if we come second in the group, then in theory we get thrown into an easier half of the draw. Well, you never know how things will play out, but then we're all over Europe. Then we're sort of yeah, traveling all the time. Then we're checking flights to Baku and all sorts. Yeah, I, I just think. I, I don't know if I don't know. I just don't think there's that many. I'm not going into a game going, oh, if, if we could nick something here. I, I, I generally think we 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 should be able to play against pretty much every team that's in that tournament, or or, or pose some kind of threat. That's. But what we what we've said what we've said on on the podcast many a time before is it's all well and good having the best players. In, in the world or in Europe as in the golden generation but if they can't play together then actually there's not really much point in having them you might as well leave after them out and play players that are going to take a backward seat and not bother about and just do the, the, the leg work for everybody else that's around them so I, 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 I think we've got a, uh, look I'm I, I'm really positive I think we've got a good mix of I think we've also got a good mix of Enough players from the last World Cup to know kind of how that felt and what a what a fantastic tournament that was, and kind of well half what got them to the point they got them to, and then half knowing again what what they tripped up on in the semi final. Yeah, and then we've got all, and then some and then enough new blood into the squad as well that hasn't got that fear of the semi like the semi final from last year last time out that will maybe kick us on to. The next kind of level as well. So, well, I think I you're think, probably uh, is what you're saying, Ross. Is it coming home? <laughs> it definitely is. I don't know if I mean I've seen Frank Skinner on TV a few times recently. So, <laughs> um, I, 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 I was going to say. So, I mean, you probably answered that question with what you just said. Then, so you think do you think we've got a better chance this year than we would have done last year? But I think we said this last year that like we were maybe a year like. I, I always like, I think this is quite interesting because you never have it on numbers, obviously. You never have it on years. But whether it has just kind of all come at the right time because there's, not, there's very few of that England squad where you go, they didn't have a great season. Is there? Well, would Grealish have played last... Grealish have started last year? No, with he, no, he wouldn't. Foden wouldn't have been there, would he? And then no. he, he, he would you have gone back to Andros Townsend and Will Zaha? Like... <laughs> You're kind of thinking all these players have had this this year now playing. They've all done exceptionally well. I mean, if it, if anything, it's the more experienced members of the squads that have had the worst seasons. Rashford's 
end of the season hasn't been great. Sterling's end of the season hasn't been great. Yeah, Maguire and Henderson are injured. Maguire yeah. and Henderson, yeah. They, it's the more experienced, whereas there's the younger ones that have all really, really excelled. Jude Bellingham, like, he definitely would have been, wouldn't have been in and around anything last year. Well, I remember at the start of the se- start of this season, um, when Fulham side signed Ruben Loftus Cheek from Chelsea on loan, I thought really good signing. If he has a good year, he could get himself. He could be in the England squad. Yeah. And you know now you're getting England squad. You think, God, where does he fit? Yeah, Ruben Loftus Cheek be a million miles away, and he 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 would have gone to that World Cup twenty eighteen, wouldn't he? He would have been quite a key player, I think. He was sort of off yeah, the bench. Would have, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesse Lingard, you know, that was our, they were our young hopes for the future at the time. <laughs> but I just, I just think, I just think it's a really positive time. I also, I was going to ask, what do you think will happen with the other home nations? Well, it's going to be, uh, I, so obviously Scotland are in our group. Scotland, I think, have got quite a good team. And I've, th- I've always rated Steve Clark as a manager, actually. Um, I thought he was good at West Brom. Did he have another Premier League job? Was he at Reading? Did he not go to? Did he not manage Chelsea for a bit? I know he was. I know no, he, was... he was. Assist, he was assistant there for ages. But he's one of those people. He was assistant there, kind of before he became big time. Then these big team, big time managers would come in and go. Oh, actually, he's quite good. Let's keep him around. You know. So suddenly he's working with Carlo Ancelotti or whatever, isn't he? But so I've always rated him as a manager. And I think they've got quite a decent squad. You know, they've got a solid midfield with, you know, McTominay, Billy Gilmore, all these. They've got two really good left-backs. I think they they play a wing-back system, so Kieran Tierney and and Robertson both play. So I think they they could be hard to beat. I think they'll kind of play on the break around a big lad up front. I, I could see them sort of getting out of the group, actually. Yeah, I think I, I I do think that they'll probably beat the Czech. I do probably I do think they'll probably beat the Czech Republic. It's whether they can take a point off Croatia. But like you said, Croatia are not the team that uh, they were, and they, they'll, Croatia will have a lot of experience in that team. But there's but no you, reason why Scotland couldn't turn up and and I mean they pushed they pushed. I mean Holland were a, a, a bit decimated with injuries the other day, but they pushed Holland. Yeah, and they, didn't, and they had six players missing with COVID. But if you think from a Scotland point of view, say say England went out and, and did beat Croatia straight away and Scotland, and Scotland got a positive result against Czech Republic in their first game, then that almost kind of plays in Scotland's hands in terms of the fact that Croatia will have to come out when they yeah. play Scotland, like chasing the game. And then probably, I don't, I've not watched Scotland much or well at all, but I imagine it suits them to kind of play on the counter-attack a little bit more. Yeah, I suppose so the that, thing for it, Scotland is, in a weird way, I don't think it's, it's probably not ideal that th- this first game against Czech Republic, it's, that kind of is their massive game, isn't it? You know, you, you almost want to sort of ease yourself into a tournament in a way, in a match that didn't didn't matter as much. They, I, I imagine they probably would have preferred to play Croatia first. Well, because, there's no expectations. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, this Czech Republic match is huge for them, isn't it? I mean, if you sort of come out of that with a win, suddenly as Scotland, you're thinking, surely we're in a good place to get a best third place finish whatever happens in, into the next stage. And if they lose, it's an absolute disaster, isn't it? Well, for Scotland, they've never really had a goal scorer. And now, obviously, that Che Adams is, che Adams is playing and scoring goals for Southampton. They've got, they've got a, a forward there. Um, there's uh, Lyndon Dykes, I think, played for QPR. He's been scoring goals. I think there's a, a, a lad for Hibernian as well, uh, Nisbet, I think, that he started scoring goals. I mean, the midfield, of, I mean, Gilmore's probably... Uh, well, a year ago, a, a year ago probably would have been too much for Billy Gilmore. But Billy Gilmore, McTominay, and, and McGinn, 
all three that have had relatively good seasons. I mean, Gilmore's not played probably as much as he wanted to play, but, but he's got to knock Kante out of the team if he wants to play for Chelsea. So there is that. So he's not saying he's a bad player. And then Robertson well, and yeah, Tierney. got like John Fletcher. Essentially, yeah. feels really competitive with them. And yeah, that Stuart Armstrong character. Yeah, to Armstrong as well. He's L- a good season. Lyndon Dykes, by the way. And, you know, this is something you can say. If you don't really know much about Scottish football, <laughs> we caught out in situation. There's two things to say. First of all, <laughs> it's weird that their two best players are left back. So just say that and people will know what you mean. <laughs> Lyndon Dykes, his accent. I don't have you seen have you have you seen him interviewed? No. So he because he's from Australia. He's Australian basically. Grew up in Australia and then at some point in his life has, has moved to Scotland. So he has this weird Aussie Scotland accent. And he, this. he says some words in Scottish and some words Australian. <laughs> so, so just if you just if anyone's caught up, you can just go that Linda. Have you heard Lyndon Dice interview? Because he has a weird accent. That's, that's what you know, this. These comments, Simon, it sounds like it could have been a really good like segment of the show. If we would have oh, had... if only if only I thought of this twenty four hours earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so there's so Scotland and. Possibly going for uh, Wales. Wales. Well, again, Wales, I think, have got... Obviously, I mean, what did they last, make the semi-finals last time, didn't they? Yeah, they, yeah. they, they did quite well. Do you, not, do you think they'll be... Do you think that adds expectation then, or do you think... And No, I think, to be fair, I think Welsh people kind of knew that was above and beyond last time. And But would you not I say that squad's better this time than it was last time? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I suppose Bales... I mean... Bale was like legit one of the best players in the world last time, wasn't he? And now he's. But then since the end of the season, has been relatively. Yeah, yeah, and he and he can still sort of do you a turn. And the thing about Bale is, the thing about Bale, he's not actually that old. He's just not very motivated. But I think he is actually motivated to play for. I think he genuinely likes playing for Wales. In a way that he seems fairly indifferent to whether or not he plays for Real Madrid or not. Um. So I think he will sort of, you know, do you a turn. I think they have got quite a decent team on the sly. Um, oh, got Dan James, Aaron Ramsey, Ramsey. Joe Allen, Stanley Wilson, Ram- yeah. So there is a few, kind of. And as well. So Joe, got Joe Roden as well. He was kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's more the defence. I think they just... I listened to a bit of the game when we were driving home on Saturday. I listened to a bit of the game, the, the warm up game that they had again. Oh, I can't remember who it was, but it was it. Like they just they just couldn't string two passes together. That was that was the part of the problem. Like it wasn't like I don't. I think they were playing three at the back. Um, they just couldn't get the ball forward. I'm not sure the other shot. In the, I'm not sure if they had another shot in the first half. Um, then Ampadu was pushed forward and played in midfield. And they went to four at the back in the second half. But I mean, England weren't much. Uh, weren't much good either in their second game, but they didn't have a. Le- but Wales haven't got eleven players coming back to play in the Champions League final, so um, I'm not. I wouldn't hold out much hope for um, for we- who's in Wales's group. So they're in uh, Group A. They've got Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. Uh, I mean, Italy are not the team that they were. Um, yeah, man. I, don't, I think that I think Italy are going to turn up be a classic. I worked with an Italian guy, and it was he was sort of talking Italy up a lot uh, the other day to me. 
I think Mancini set up your classic Italy team, and they're going to be defensively very sound. They've not conceded for about five games or something. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a very much a cliched Italy team that turns up. So they would be right to pick ten defenders, then would they? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even twelve. Just go half the team of defenders. <laughs> Mancini rolls out a six at the back. I well, it'd be, it'd be a good group for the uh, for your sort of English football fan because Switzerland they must have they've got a few Premier League players, aren't they? And yeah, presumably they're still Shakiri's calves. Yeah, that's Granit all that Granite Jacker. I mean, just the prospect of there's going to be three matches a day for the next couple of weeks. Oh, so hey. that first two weeks of a major, I love it so much. But the problem is, you always end up like not watching the game. That's like, did you see that game? That's what I always find. And they always want to switch off and go, you know what, I've just watched a bit too much recently. I'll have, I'll have one off. That's always Spain the one that ends up. The Spain-Portugal oh. three-all. Yeah, yeah or the, the, the Germany-South Korea one where Manuel yeah. Neuer went on his walkabout and Sun scored that. Like, they're always the ones that just kind of just kind of get you. No, but I'm yeah. looking at the opposite. I, I suddenly am like up for watching any football, so I'll just watch any if it's on or what. And you know, because like in normal times, if you said to me, "Oh, Turkey, Turkey, Switzerland's on tonight," I'd go, "All right, well, <laughs> do you want to go out?" <laughs> General, in normal times, you swear, there's, a, there's a there's a rerun of Open All Hours that I've had to watch. Turkey Switzerland was happening in my back garden. Normal times, I'd go, well, should we shut the curtains? Because I can't, <laughs> I don't want to glare on the TV. And they're not having the ball back if it comes over. I'm like, oh, great, get that on. Yeah, can we get an early finish from work? I don't want to start at Turkey Switzerland. I think that's watching, the only be... thing. That's the only thing, because it's in prime working time. Like, I just half wish it was like four, seven, ten. That'd do me. That'd be perfect. They could, hey, plus... Jesus, Jesus, there you go. Second time in the show that the guy working at <laughs> school complained he's not had enough time. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna move a major tournament. We're gonna change all the TV programming. <laughs> oh <laughs> the, damn, the, the show's in one of the few weeks in the year Ross has to go to work, yeah. For the, for the teachers as well. Bearing in mind that the majority of nearly enough all England games are starting at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> Bear in mind, Ross. Your your wages—they're paid by ice cream van man's <laughs> money. I tell you what, if the if the England uh, the the England's first game could have been on the Saturday as well, that would have been better. <laughs> but is it start, does it start on the Saturday? Or does it start on the Friday. The, so the the tournament kicks off on Friday. Oh, it means we've got to wait two days for England. Is it better? It's Belgium, Russia to begin with, I think, isn't it? Russia, did Russia play the, the did Russia win 5 0 in the start of the World Cup? Didn't they play the first game? No, it's, it's Turkey, Italy, the first game. Oh, is it? I thought it was Belgium, Russia. Oh, that Belgium, might be the first game on ITV. That's the, that's the fourth game, yeah. Oh, so I'm getting too excited already. I mean, is there anyone you're picking out as, anyone you're picking out as a dark horse, Simon? Uh, my, I'll tell you, I'll get my skill for a dark horse. I think I would go for. I think Denmark have got a decent squad on the slide, actually. I, I, I saw their. I saw a preview then. Their, their midfield is Heiberg, uh, that Thomas Delaney character, and Christian Eriksen. 
you know, I, I just think they'll be quite solid. They're in a group with fin- Finland, Belgium and Russia. So, you know, they could get out of the group. Could be hard to beat. So, yeah, I'd say Denmark are my uh, possible sort of what. So, you is my one to watch. I was reading, I'm not actually seeing him play yet. But Sweden, so Zlatan obviously is injured, but they've got a new Zlatan. Um, so they've got a, a, just a big striker who's really good, apparently, called Ilkan or something. But yeah, so he might be one to watch. What about you? Um, I said, you're going to have to, like, Dark Horses are obviously the, they're not the big, the big, Big boys, obviously you can't you can't pick Germany as a dark horse, can you? That's that's kind of goes against no, the whole, no, the whole feeling of a dark time. horse. Yeah, uh, I I maybe you know what I'm going to go Russia. I just think they end up always being kind of nuisances, and if and they get so, it right, there's so many Russians. There must be eleven good. Yeah, football, exactly. <laughs> They've got to put a decent run together at some point. <laughs> yeah, like. I mean, they're just always they're always just hard, aren't they? Like they, they always seem to do something at a tournament. I mean, and just looking at their squad, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six forwards in their squad, so they're clearly no. wanting to attack. They, they seem to have sacked off the defenders. They've only got one, two. They've only got six defenders. Have you got the squad so, up in front of you? Yeah. Do they still have that? Uh, is the goalkeeper still that Akin Fave guy? Is he still going? No, he's not there. No, no, he's not Akin. Uh, Denis Chirishev, I remember him. Yeah. Uh, Yuri Zerkov, he's still in there at 37. Wow, he. Wow. Oh, <laughs> he's done incredibly well. Uh, who else is uh, Artem Juba? He's he's he he did well at the last. Tournament last World Cup, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. No, that name rings a bell. Yeah, I just think they'll, they'll do something, won't they? There you go, Cheddar. Uh, it's a Tiago inspired Spain. I mean, double World Cup winners and your recent European champions, them, them dark horses. Yeah, well, they've, they've, they've only picked 24, they've only, they've only picked 24 players, so they must think they're going to win. So they didn't even need well, I mean, I. I imagine you'll agree with this, Cheesy. Real blow for the tournament today, wasn't it? Donny van der Beek out injured. Oh, is he? He, he would have lit it up. I mean, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, so, I was. I, I, was, I suppose I, it, it opens it up for some of the inferior players like Thiago to, to, to shine, doesn't it? Well, you know, I, I think he'll be absolutely good because uh, when well, I don't think we really appreciate how much influence he had in that United dressing room. And he's, we were talking <laughs> about uh, the two weeks off that Harry Kane's had. I think Van der Beek was saying, I want the year, Solskjaer. I want that full year to prepare for this tournament. And then, well, bump, last minute, it's gone, isn't it? Well, when he, when he, saw, that, um, when he saw that Virgil had had his, his, his injury in, in October, he thought, well, I best lay off here. They can't, they can't afford to lose the ball. <laughs> uh, the, the Dutch were reeling from not having the captain. But no, it's, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know he was injured. I mean that's that's how much of an impact he's had on on any social media to build up to this thing that I didn't even know he was injured. Today I've learned um, that there's a guy playing for Stuttgart. He won German Young Player of the Year. He's been playing under a different name and a different identity um, since he's been signed, which I, which I couldn't believe. Um, there was a Swedish guy that had been there's a Swedish guy uh, a player that had been to a, a, a party outside of the the COVID bubble two days ago. That's potentially. I don't. I don't know if he's tested positive, but obviously it's come out that obviously this has happened. 
But in none of everything that I've read today, I've read that Donny van der Beek has, has injured himself. Well, there you go. Breaking news. He wants to get himself back to Carrington, get himself ready for next year. Just imagine what it's going to be like with 18 months off. <laughs> he must be saving himself for the World Cup. Uh, just quickly, some uh, Premier League stories that we didn't say we were going to talk about, but I feel like we've talked about the Euros for quite a long time now. Uh, Nuno to Crystal Palace. Is that what they're saying? That's, that's it? apparently it's apparently nearly a done deal. Wow. Well, I thought, I'll tell you what, I mean, it'd be a great signing for Palace. I thought he was on his way to Everton. No, I think he's undis- undersold himself a bit there. I mean, that I mean that almost makes you think that Palace got a chance <laughs> to stay up next season, doesn't it? Well, Palace is a real interesting one because Palace's whole thing is that, like, I think over half their squad were out of contract at the end of this, this year. Yeah, they've released, they've released 22 players. Wow. Yeah, so it's one of them where it's like it could go really well if they manage to get... Obviously, they must now have... It's almost like a blank slate. So if they are getting a load of really good players, then you know they could they could fly. Equally, it could go disastrously wrong if they end up with. I mean, as you know, Simon from playing football manager, if you manage to cut that wage bill and then you move that slide up fully across the transfer budget, yeah, you've got one hell of a transfer budget there. I mean, yeah. you'll only be able to offer everyone hundred pound a week, but <laughs> you'll get your foot in the door, won't you? Well, I'd be moving the slider the other way and just really killing it on the free transfer on the uh, <laughs> well, contract players. Even PSG are not shipping out any money. They're just like Belan's goal on a free and and Genie Van Alderman on a free. So even they're not spending any money. Yeah, I, so the story I heard was that apparently PSG offered uh, Van Alderman twice the money he was going to get at P- uh, Barcelona. Yeah, I think he's on two hundred about two two hundred grand a week at PSG, which Pod- makes Pod- 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 apparently really raised. Which makes a mockery of anything Wijnaldum said about wanting to go to play with the best player in the world. Why not? Absolutely. Offer his former Dutch coach. And then, um, did we think Arsenal could become any more of a laughing stock than when they thought they had uh, Buendia, but Aston Villa came in and stole that transfer at the last minute? So, yeah, it's an absolute car crash, isn't it? And- I don't know. They're going to end up trying to get Odegaard back on loan or something, aren't they? It's all... Uh, well, their big news was Emile Smith-Rowe is signing an extension to his contract, which I thought, if you can't tie down an 18-year-old, well, you are struggling, aren't you? Talking about That's the sentence that could get taken out of contracts, but... Um, <laughs> but cheesy, <laughs> did you have a few cheesy on, um, on the Spurs managerial situation? Um... So oh, this week, Conte turned them down. He did. I mean, when I read that story, I was like, I was like, they've done, they've done really well there. And then the more and more that people were talking about it, and that he, like his demand that Chelsea were pretty much the reason why he won the league and left, um, was like, well, I, I don't really know whether Daniel Levy is the, the the best person to be at hiring somebody. And I was like, oh, that they'll they'll get this massive budget, everything will, in the world will be right at Spurs, and then within within literally. Uh, within half a day, talks are broken down. Conte won't be taking over. They've signed the Juventus sporting director instead, uh, but I'm not sure he's qualified to run the team. So I don't really know what Spurs are going to do. So I heard um, the sort of cynics view on this, which is apparently that the whole story 
the the talks broke down that that because it was quite sudden where it was like oh it's not going to happen at all and that was the day after the deadline to apply for your season ticket for next year oh see so they don't know if they just strung it along a bit of interest yeah Well, I mean, there we go. Well, if Newcastle does go to Palace, who's who? Who on earth is going to Everton? What are Everton going to do? Um, yeah, well, it feels like they've just been really caught out, isn't it? I, I think they generally just didn't think that Ancelotti would leave. Not like anyone did, hasn't it? Well, they, who knows? Who, unless Eddie Howe suddenly becomes because he's turned down Celtic, hasn't he? So yeah, yeah. Well, I think that didn't the the chief executive at Celtic his house get um, petrol bombed the day before the day the day before that Howe was going up for talks and all of a sudden Howe didn't want the I job mean, anymore. Well, I wonder what'll happen to his house now. They're looking like he's getting this Australian coach who's managed the same side that Robbie Fowler did when he was over there. So. <laughs> Apparently, he's a very good attacking he's a very good attacking coach. As uh, as they said on Sky Sports News the other day, I was like, oh, they, I don't think it's attacking coach that Celtic need. Anyone, anyone can do it with Harry Keel in the team. Exactly. Uh, finally, I don't know if you want it. Got a quiz. Oh, why not? That quiet. I nearly had another list for you. And well, so this is obviously the greatest tournament that we've been alive for that we can remember, apart from the last World Cup, was Euro '96. Yeah. Go on. And we can all agree that. Can you oh, well, name? I'll, fl- I'll flag up now, and I'm not saying this is younger than you. I you don't are. really remember your '96. Oh, well. the first tournament I remember. That was disappointing. Oh, no, I, my my first memory was the penalty shootout in the '94 World Cup final with Brazil and Italy. That's, a, that's my first proper memory <laughs> of football. Well, so you'll remember '96 then. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. anyway, can we name? England starting 11 versus Germany in the semi-final. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, I think so, so yeah. Just the starting 11, no subs. Uh, go, okay. Do you want to go one at a time or just want to shout them out and see? We'll start, should we go through the whole team? Start, yeah. start defence, work their way to attack? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, well, heads or tails, you want to go first, Cheesy? Uh, <laughs> Not had a coin toss for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go tails. Oh, it was heads, unlucky mate. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I did, I did, I did think it might be heads, but I went tails. <laughs> um, I'll go for David Seaman in goal. Yeah, England's okay. second most capped goalkeeper after Peter Shilton. There you go. You'll get a fact of each one of these. Oh, that's a lovely touch, shot. Um, I will go right back, Gary Neville. I mean, you you've blown the quiz already. Cheese ever. <laughs> what? He didn't. He didn't start. Nope. Oh, are you kidding me? Nope. I mean, I could have gone. I mean, I could have gone centre half. Southgate started uh, at centre half. They played a three-five-two formation. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Christ! I mean, down there. He didn't uh, play Neville at wing back. You are actually call all over again, isn't it? He didn't play Gary Neville at wing back. Gary Neville's not in the starting eleven. Fuming. I mean, I thought I loved Gary Neville, but I didn't think he was a Liverpool fan. We're desperate for him to be in the. the, thing, the, the watching the Euros, 
Cup. I remember, like, I remember seeing him. I'm sure that he played in one of the games because I think it was the was it the Spain penalty shootout. I remember seeing him playing that game. I was like, in '96, he would have been. I'm sure he was England's right back in '96. Sure that was his. That was his first tournament, though. Euro '96. Oh well, yeah, but anyway, let's move on. So you going for next? We'll be there. We'll... Well, should we just name them between the two of us then? I'll, right, I'll, yeah, um, go on then. Tony Adams must have started. Yeah, he captained England at Euro 96, so Tony Adams is there, yeah. Stuart Pearce. Yeah, he scored the uh, penalty kick against Spain in the quarterfinals. Remember that penalty kick. So, so was Darren Anderson the right wing back? Darren Anderson, yeah. He saw his golden goal chance hit the post in extra time. I don't remember that, you know. Uh, Paul Gascoigne. Yeah, he scored one of the greatest England goals at Wembley against Scotland. Hopefully, Phil Foden with his new haircut will do something similar. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't <laughs> even talk about Foden's haircut, did we? That's the story of the week. Um, oh, Paul Lee, if, Paul only, if only for long-standing listeners will remember haircut of the week, Sam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 and now it is was the end of podcast before we even ring up. Um yeah, Paul Ince was he the team? Paul Ince, the governor, caps fifty-three times for England. Um has to be Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer, equal number nine who uh, England's number nine who ended Euro ninety six as top scorer with five goals. Uh, up front with Sheringham, sure. Sheringham <laughs> scored two goals in the famous 4-1 win over the Netherlands to send England through to the last eight of your 96. Now, so on, the the left, on the left... So on the how left, many have you got left? You've got one, two, three left to get. I want to say, I want to say Steve McManaman, but I don't know if that's right. Steve McManaman, yeah, won two Champions League and two La Liga titles during his time at Real Madrid. Oh, so what positions left? So one you've mentioned, but you never actually said him as an answer. Well, yeah, yeah so I thought we only had one player to get. So I, I feel like whatever was mentioned, I thought wasn't was given as an answer. Is it Gazza that oh, you're not committed? Southgate. No, Southgate. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. So I had thought, his... I'd, I'd, I'd sort of... Me and Cheesy, I think, had accepted that was a given answer. Well, <laughs> because because I didn't give my fact about Southgate. Ah, oh, fair enough. If, you, so if your had... fact, if, by the way, if your fact is goes on to manage England, then it's not <laughs> no, he, he had his debat- decisive penalty attempt saved by German keeper Andreas Kopka. There's one <laughs> more that, to get. Or that he was in a pizza pizza advert. <laughs> <laughs> so another central midfielder, is it? Yeah. Um, is it too early? I don't know. Gareth Batty? Not I mean Gareth Batty. David, not yeah. David Batty. I always do this. I think I've done this before on a quiz. He was an England cricketer, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, oh, was it David Platt? It was David Platt. Well done. Ooh, the former Juventus and Sam Dory midfielder who scored a once a side footed penalty in the shootout with Germany. He must have been the back end of his career, David Platt. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I think that was it. He didn't play because it, it was it was not it was in some Batty ninety eight because Batty missed the penalty, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it must, and he scored in 
he scored, he scored the penalty. He scored the goal. Yeah. He has that famous goal where they, they just loop, like right at the end of the match, they loop it up into the box and he goes. So um, he, but he went, he went, yeah. he was, was he not the first one that went to Italy? Or one of the first ones that went to Italy? Because I think he stopped playing, he wasn't playing in England at Euro 96. I'm sure he'd gone to Sampdoria. I didn't really like it. Yeah. No, you wouldn't think him as sort of one of the, the really good England players, but. So who did we play at the back? Uh, Southgate, Adams. Southgate, Adams, Pierce, back three. And I'm. Um, uh, oh, and then. It would have been at Anderton, McManaman. Southgate, Southgate's real boy amongst men in that back three, isn't he? Yeah. Is, yeah, South, Southgate's the only one getting his own working on time there, isn't he? <laughs> Do we play Steve McManaman at left wing back? Well, yeah, would have done. Oof, dear. You say oof, dear, but it almost paid off. Oh, yeah. that The the the, the miss in extra time, the gather miss, like, oh, every time I see that, I'm like, how was, it, how was that? How has he not hit that ball? Oh, yeah. What could have been? I tell you what, because we've been listening to a lot of, um, obviously, I said last time, World in Motion and Fat Les Vindaloo and Three Lions. When we listened to it last, it was just me and Teddy. I said to him, Teddy, do you know why they're saying Three Lions on a shirt? He's like, uh, no. I said, it's because England on their badge have Three Lions. And he's like, oh, right, okay. He's remembering it. And then he goes, because I was growing up, when you say it, Jules Rimet still gleaming. Yeah. I I heard it as Jules Remain still gleaming, as in like the Queen's crown jewels. Oh, all right. So I always thought it was that. So I, I never really knew what the Jules Remain was because I thought, well, don't know what you're going on about. No point for me to learn that. So <laughs> I said to Teddy, I said, do you know what Jules Remain? He was like, no, no, no. So I told him, I said, it's what the, when England won the World Cup in 1996, that's what the trophy was called. Now, anyone he meets, he will tell you what the Jules Rimet is. It's like he's opening Gambit. It's like your bluffer's guide, Simon, to what you should say. Yeah. To sound well, like, you know, that, think, that's Teddy's. I think the original World Cup trophy is called the Jules Rimet trophy. Yeah, that's what I said to him. Yeah, that's what, it is. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the whole point. No, Just, you, no, did you not tell him that the, the trophy they were playing for in Euro 96 was the Jules Rimet trophy? No, no, no. We, I said, no, when we w- first won a trophy oh, in 1966. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard, in my head when I was growing up, I heard it as Jules Remain. Yeah. So like, well, that's you were into that Brexit debate long before everybody else, didn't you? <laughs> I was long banging on a blue passport. But... Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm not going onto any foreign ground to watch a football match. I'll watch all my Euro tournaments at Wembley. Thank you very much. <laughs> just think, one month today, we'll be just confirming plans for the barbecue at Rossi's for the final when England win. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you say that, but I saw an advert today uh, for a 100-piece meat selection for £35, which I did think it's good value, that actually, isn't it, for when the barbecue comes <laughs> yeah. round. <laughs> but funnily enough, I meant to, when we went to when we went to Bristol at, at the weekend, there was an advert on the back of um, it was in the men's pots in this in this um, restaurant or bar that we went in. Uh, there was an advert on the back of the door that obviously basically if you have, if you, have party, um, you could hire out an outdoor pump which would serve um, thirty eight pints. It was, and it'd work out at two pounds sixty a pint. Have you not already got the the pump, Ross? That's <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't quite do 38 pints to the one... <laughs> To the one cake, but oh, I have I've got the pump. Are you all? Is that awkward? though where you have to wait while they go and change the barrel, and you go, actually, I'm happy enough with Cronenberg. Whatever you've got available right now, I'm not like bothered. Yeah. Don't go downstairs because you won't yeah. back again. Um, exactly. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. I'll go downstairs. No, don't. <laughs> all I will say is, if there's more than you two going around for this barbecue, then I will be changing the pump quite regularly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that's how small the the, the capacity is. I'll, to be fair, I won't have any I won't have any room for any beer with a hundred piece meat selection. I'm not. <laughs> <there's> only, <laughs> only <three of> <laughs> a lot of sausage in that hundred piece. I'll tell you that much. Let's hope it lasts till the final. It doesn't run out after the round of sixteen. So, that last thing then before we go, predictions for Sunday. Oh, we have to win. England we'll win. England win on, en route to England winning the tournament. Yeah, what score? Uh, I'll go 3 1. I'll go, I'll go 2 0. Kane, Jaden Santo later, later on. I'll go 3 0. Comprehensive wins all around then. Yeah, I, think I think after 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 this hour and a half that we've been talking, I think we've got to be positive. I think we've just I think we've just talked ourselves into a trophy in, in a month's time. Can't be anything. I've already, I'm already, I've already booked the tattoo in. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say already booked, you've already booked the Phil Foden in for the hair. <laughs> uh, four weeks' time. You never know, do you? Right, you'll, you'll have three three lines on your left arm and then three thirds mank written on your right arm. <laughs> I'll just combine it in one. <laughs> just, just if I'm going to say, if you just write a mank lion and three of them on there, <laughs> and it'll it'll be like what another person that wants three thirds mank written on. <laughs> we'll have to buy um, we'll have to buy three England shirts, and we'll just have to have like somebody will have to have three thirds on one on one back. And then we'll have to just make sure that we stand in order wherever we're stood. Well, did I, did I tell you I bought an uh, England-Italian United shirt? Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. yeah, I bought it a few weeks ago, so I'm, re- I'm tournament ready now, yeah. I, well, I bought, a t- I bought a T-shirt that's got the uh, the, ver- the chorus of um, World in Motion in like a Bible verse. It says, it says John 1990, like John 1990. <laughs> It's got it on the but it doesn't it doesn't fit. I've got to send it back so I'm hoping that it's I'm hoping that they've got a bigger size they've not all sold out. Well have you seen on TikTok the uh the new order that they've just put the instrumental to World in Motion on and just got a video of John Barnes just doing kick ups that you can rap over. Oh that's good. <laughs> I mean I've not that done it be, yet. That could be your first TikTok that Ross. There you go. Uh, yeah, I've not done it yet, but I imagine at six o'clock on Sunday. Then... <laughs> <laughs> could be getting done right it's been a pleasure I look forward to it to, to next week mm. speak to you soon speak to you later bye
Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.